Hello and welcome to Aquarium Tip Tank. Uh, this is podcast number four, and this will be all about aquarium myths being debunked. Uh, my name is TJ from www.aquariumtiptank.com. I'd like to remind you to go to aquariumtiptank.com and sign up for our free e-updates newsletter so you can get all of the latest tips and tricks to relaxing and enjoying uh, your home aquarium. Today we are going to debunk some of the most popular myths of owning and taking care of an aquarium. Uh, first of all, this is the fourth podcast. As I mentioned before, it's been about two to two and a half weeks since our last podcast rele- was released. Uh, it looks like two to two and a half weeks will be the normal schedule of releasing podcasts at Aquarium Tip Tank. This one was probably a little longer than usual just due to the fact that, well... I uh, took a few uh, long weekend vacations to go skiing and to go to a music festival and things like that. So I also have a real job and get paid for something else that I do. Uh, Therefore, I don't always have uh, all the time to put a podcast up and get things going. Um, I should have probably tended to the website a little bit more over the past weekend. But um, here it is. Here's our next podcast. Um... This doesn't have to do much with uh, aquariums, but personally, I uh, I was telling you about the fact that I took a ski, ski trip out to Colorado this past weekend. Uh, we do have other actual jobs and hobbies that we love, and one of my favorite things is getting out to the mountains, strapping some skis on, and heading down a snowy mountain with friends and family. It was a great time. The mountains were beautiful, the air was crisp, and the company was spectacular. Um, I had a friend of mine stop by my house and feed my fish while we were gone for the four days. And when I returned home, everything was still alive and everything in my aquarium looked happy and healthy. Uh, You know, it's just another little story to go ahead and show that you don't always have to pay to have somebody maintain uh, your fish. You might just have to have them come by every once in a while, check on a few things, and have a friend stop by for just a few minutes, just like I did. Uh, Maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood that's willing to do this for you when you're gone. Anyway, uh, just a little tip and a little note on how to take a little bit of a vacation when you have uh, pet fish to take care of. Okay, on to our feature segment. Um, It's time to start debunking those myths about owning and maintaining an aquarium. While I go through this podcast, there will be a lot of comparisons to owning and taking care of any house pet, such as a dog or a cat. These comparisons will be made because your fish, plants, corals, and invertebrates in your aquarium are your pets too. So ask yourself what you would do, or how much would you pay to keep your dog or cat happy and healthy. Then apply that to your fish. Personally, uh, I have owned dogs before. Uh, I just had one that unfortunately recently passed away. Uh, He got a little old and happened to uh, come down with a form of cancer. So that was really very tough. But as I go through this, just do recall that I am a dog, cat, pet lover um, as much as any other out there. I'm not um, saying that you shouldn't have one of those pets as well, Uh, but, you know, just remember that everything's about as expensive and your fish are also your pets. Okay, so the first myth we're going to debunk is that keeping an aquarium is very expensive. I'm probably going to get a little flack for this one. Because uh, I'm going to debunk it. And I'm going to say that it doesn't have to be super expensive. Um, I'm not going to lie. There is there is some equipment necessary to set up and maintain a home aquarium. 
Um, and some of this equipment can be very expensive. However, there are also ways to get this, this equipment at very cheap prices. Personally, I have not spent any money to get the aquarium that, uh, that I currently have uh, set up in my home, and I have not spent any money on the new marine aquarium that I'm working to set up. The one that I currently have set up and running was donated to me by a friend who was moving and could no longer take care of his aquarium on the sailboat that he was moving to. Rough life, huh? Uh, The aquarium and all of its equipment that I am in the process of setting up was given to me by my sister and brother-in-law. Uh, They used to use it, but it had been sitting in their basement for two years. There are going to be pieces of equipment that that I'll need to buy to upgrade some of the components of the aquarium, but I will probably spend less than $100 or so to get it started. The moral of the story is that there are options that can be very cheap when finding and setting up an aquarium. Try garage sales. Try Craigslist. See what you can find. Make sure you do your due diligence when you do find it to make sure it actually works. Now, I'm going to compare the aquarium equipment to the equipment necessary for a dog or a cat. For an aquarium, the basic equipment is the tank, the mechanical filter, the heater, lighting, substrate, and rock and or decorations. For a dog and or cat, you usually need some kind of crate to keep and or transport your pet in. Dishes for food and water are necessary. And a pet bed is usually purchased. A collar, tag, and leash are necessary for your dog and usually your cat. Hundreds of dollars are normally spent on vaccinations and medications when you first purchase a dog or a cat. Finally, there are all of the toys and enrichment devices that are normally purchased for a household pet like bones, squeak toys, pull toys, ropes, rings, and fake mice. All of this equipment costs hundreds of dollars for your for your dog and or cat, and it is very possible to spend equal or less money on equipment for your aquarium. It also depends on what type of aquarium you intend you intend to keep. You can keep a beautiful freshwater fish only tank for less overall money than any dog or cat. You're not buying live rock or coral specimens to decorate a freshwater fish-only tank, but you're buying a few plastic aquarium decorations from your local fish store. You don't need anything other than a regular fluorescent lights and bulbs. No metal halides are necessary. You might have, um, you might save on salt mix, but then you should still uh, reverse osmosis and deionize filter your, your tap water and mix the necessary water additives to match your fish's natural water chemistry. Uh, finally, there is the price of the animals themselves. I will admit that hardy, healthy, tropical marine fish, corals, and invertebrates can get to be very expensive. But if you want a purebred, champion, certified golden retriever, you should expect to pay $1,500 from a good breeder. That's right, I said $1,500 for the dog itself. They can be very, very expensive depending on the type of dog that you get. Uh, People may argue that you can adopt a dog or a cat or possibly take an astray. But adoptions usually cost about 100 to 200 dollars, and then there will be at least an additional 200 to 300 dollars in veterinary bills to make sure that your abandoned, stray, adopted new pet is healthy and happy. For that 200 dollars minimum expense, you could get several healthy freshwater or saltwater fish for your aquarium. The next myth is that maintaining an aquarium takes a lot of time and effort. Well, this, in my opinion, is the easiest myth to debunk of all. 
If you believe this one, then you probably shouldn't have a pet at all. Dogs and cats have to be played with. They have to go to the bathroom. They have to get exercise. They like to go on walks, be pet, be cleaned, enjoy getting attention, and enjoy being loved. Well, your fish are your pets too. So you have to give your fish a little love and attention every day. This isn't any different from any other pet. Once you get your aquarium tank and water chemistry cycled, set up, and ready to go, there is probably less time that you absolutely have to spend on your fish tank every day than the amount of time that you would have to spend with any other animal. You should check the water level, check the temperature, check for any unwanted algae spots, feed your livestock, and just do some general observation every day. Aside from feeding your fish, this mostly just involves looking at your tank at least once a day. That's it. And while you're there, just check a few numbers out. Heck, I've seen advertisements for automatic fish feeders, so you don't even have to feed your fish if you don't want to. You can put some fish in there for about a week and have it feed your fish for a week regularly. There are so many things that you could buy, and granted, that would mean that you're paying more, but you could practically automate your tank. Uh, that's not saying you shouldn't still look at it every once in a while. But if you tell me that this is more time than is required for a cat or a dog, you've got to be kidding me. The next myth, the third myth, is that maintaining an aquarium and keeping fish healthy is stressful. Well... I just went through a daily routine that might take you two to five minutes. If you take the two to five minutes of time every day to maintain your aquarium as described, you add some filtered water to make up for evaporation just every few days. You maintain the temperature with a heater or chiller, and that could be fairly automatic. You perform water changes about every two weeks and check and change lights and bulbs when necessary. Then keeping fish should actually be quite stress-free and relaxing. You'll have to check the water chemistry every, every once in a while. You'll have to make sure everything's going okay and everything's set up all right. But once it is, if you keep doing these regular easy things every day or on your, on your regular schedule, you should be able to relax and just enjoy Everything I just described was a short daily routine of tasks, a routine every two weeks that might take 30 minutes, and a trip to your light store every eight months or so. Maybe there's a trip to the fish food store every once in a while. If you just take your time, do your research, set everything up correctly, and follow a few easy tasks and tips, your colorful, beautiful aquarium should actually be very, very relaxing. There are actually studies out there that show that just looking and enjoying the, the smooth motions and the waves of the aquarium and things like that and the beautiful fish is more relaxing than maintaining it could ever be difficult. So that might be an opinion, but... It shouldn't be very stressful as long as you take care of a few daily chores. Uh, the next myth, the fourth one, is going to be that smaller tanks are easier to maintain and better for the beginner. 
Well, everybody should know from everything that I've said before in the Aquarium Tip Tank podcasts about selecting a tank that smaller tanks are not better for a beginner. In fact, larger tanks are actually better for beginners. I recently read an article about a woman who goes on and on about owning and maintaining her family's 30-gallon aquarium. Then she says that her and her husband originally had aspirations of a 100-gallon aquarium as an excellent decoration piece in their home. All I could think of when I read that was that she should have started with the 100-gallon tank in the first place. She had several water quality and illness issues in a 30-gallon tank that spread very quickly. In a 100-gallon tank, there would have hopefully been more good water to help clear up the water quality and illness issues. If not, it would have taken at least far more time for those issues to spread, and there would have been a lot more time to get them fixed easily. Instead of worrying about it and having to do all these crazy things and trying all these crazy additives that she probably didn't really need to add in the first place. She just probably needed to change her water a few more times and do a few more things. And in a bigger tank, this would have been somewhat easier to do and easier to take care of. Um, that's not to say that you should just go out as a beginner and grab a 300-gallon tank or something like that. That would be absolutely huge, wouldn't it? Uh, and, and try and set it up and maintain it and get it ready to go, you know, with no knowledge of, you know, you'd be spending a whole lot of money to do that. Um, you know, I would say much bigger than 30 gallon, maybe 50 gallons, 60 gallons is a good starter tank. It's not too big, uh, and it's not, uh, it's not too small either. Uh, you should have plenty of water in there to do that. If you want to start with a 100-gallon tank, though, and you have aspirations for a 100-gallon tank someday, go ahead and do it. Okay, the final, fifth and final myth that we will debunk here today is that aquariums and aquarium hobbyists kill fish and hurt the environment. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that the irresponsible aquarium owner that doesn't keep good water quality constantly kills fish and replaces them at will, is killing fish and hurting the environment. I will not deny that there are some of those types of people out there. However, when I see a clean, healthy aquarium, I think to myself that that person has done some research, knows what fish, plants, corals, and invertebrates they're caring for, and understands the impact on the ecosystem. Hopefully you, the listeners, are educating yourself on how to be a conservation-minded aquarium hobby hobbyist. You can buy only tank-bred fish. You can make sure that you only buy fish that aren't being overfished in, for the aquarium hobby. You can make sure that your fish store is conservation-minded and cares for its livestock well. You can make sure that you take care of your livestock well. Every fish that you keep alive in your tank is one that is not being killed and replaced by another fish. If you have an aquarium, keep your fish alive. Don't overpopulate your tank, and you won't be taking many, if any, fish from their natural ecosystems. That goes for corals and invertebrates as, as well. You can always get frags of corals from your saltwater fish store. Grow them. Keep them alive and never take a piece of coral from our ocean's reefs. There are ways to do this. You can then take, take all of the knowledge that you gain from keeping these corals and that you gain about the ecosystem and educate other people about the ecosystems as well. That's one of the main things that I do 
Whenever somebody is over at my house and they're looking at my tank, they're always asking questions about the fish, and I'm answering them, and I'm telling them about the ecosystems of those fish and those corals, and I'm letting them know what it takes for those things to live and what things you have to do to keep it alive and how awesome and beautiful that whole ecosystem actually is. And when I'm doing that, I'm just educating the next person on, please, when you get in the water, conserve our ecosystem. Not even when you get in the water when you fish when you do this when you do the the things that you do that might dirty the water please 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 be conservative about it and keep these fish and corals alive um there are people out there for example there there are some articles like ken nettemeyer of the coral restoration foundation who got most of his knowledge about growing corals and having a coral farm basically from the knowledge of aquarium hobbyists and he gives credit to the aquarium hobbyists for that so there are conservation efforts and things that you can learn by by having these things in your tank that might one day help help the ecosystem. I also recently read an article about a couple, uh, Johanna Naradzaya, and I hope I'm saying her name right, and her husband, Barry Pope, setting up a public aquarium in Falmouth, which I believe is in England. Anyway, the aim of this first aquarium in Falmouth is to educate the public about marine conservation. I will include a link to the article in the notes to the show at aquariumtiptank.com. There are also several articles that I've read that claim you should check the science behind coral reef devastation and realize that it is not the aquarium hoppy that is taking all of the life from the waters, but it is mass charter, longline, and consumption fishing coupled with global warming and shark finning. I do not have all of the stats right here for you. There are articles upon articles out there on the Internet that argue both sides. I will allow you to take your own action on this, do your research, and please decide to take a responsible, conservation-minded approach. So, to sum everything up, number one, it does not have to be overly expensive to set up and care for a home aquarium. Number two, it does not have to take an excessive amount of time to maintain your aquarium and keep your fish happy. Just remember, you'd hopefully spend the time that it takes to keep any other pet of yours healthy and happy, and your fish are your pets too. Three, there are some tasks to perform to keep everything going well with your aquarium, but if you do those tasks routinely, they will not take very much time, and you won't be stressed out by having to do them. Then, there should be no worries, and you should be able to relax and just enjoy your aquarium. Number four, the bigger the better for beginners. Number five, if we do our research and stay conservation-minded, then we will not be killing fish and damaging the environment. We might even come up with some of our own ways to help the struggling ocean ecosystems by what we learn through our aquarium adventures. Okay, so go ahead and tell us how your aquarium is coming along. Go ahead over to www.aquariumtiptank.com and sign up for our free updates and newsletter. We'll be back with more aquarium tips in about two weeks. What? <laughs>